You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LGN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Lynn Molitor in D.C., and joining me in the quad today from Milwaukee is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Liz Dotson. Hello, hello. And Ashley Fitzgerald. Hello, everybody. Before we dive into our topics today, a quick reminder for our listeners. Follow us on Twitter at the LJN and use hashtag LJN radio to tweet a response to today's quad. A Starbucks gift card will be awarded for our favorite tweet. So I'm going to kick off our topics today with an interesting article, or at least I found it interesting, that I shared with my colleagues titled, Which of these mistakes do you make that successful people don't? And all of the mistakes could be applied to both your professional or your personal lives. So I thought I would just like recap the mistakes here quickly since everyone doesn't have the benefit of the article like we did. So mistake number one is avoid responsibility. That's basically blame somebody else if things don't go well. Uh, Mistake number two is procrastinate. Mistake number three is follow the trends. And I took that one to be follow the trends even though you, they may not be appropriate or you may not necessarily understand them fully. Mistake number four, try to go it alone. And mistake number five is lack of belief or lack of confidence in yourself. So I was thinking, do any of you make these mistakes or how have you avoided making these mistakes altogether? I guess I'll start. (laughs) I think some... (laughs) Some of these run into uh, more personal than probably professional, but mistake number two, procrastination. I think that's one that uh, definitely shows in my personal life some of the things I'd like to get done and don't. But I also, I think um, even professionally sometimes as far as procrastination goes, I think it's just reprioritizing and things that you plan to get done don't eventually get done for quite a while. So I'm I'm guilty there. <laughs> I actually thought the same thing for myself, Liz. I thought sometimes, yeah, the procrastination, but sometimes if uh, you don't jump into something too fast, then um, priorities change on their own and then you didn't put in extra work. This is true. But that sounds more like I'm making an excuse. <laughs> is that number <laughs> Avoid one? Avoid responsibility. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I... Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with you that procrastination is definitely one of my uh, bad habits. I have learned that I've gotten that from my dad, though, so I do blame him um, for (laughs) that. that. That's (laughs) item number one now. (laughs) Oh, whoops. Um, But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I make lists and then I remake lists. And of course, I'm wasting time making those. So something that I definitely need to to work on. I also kind of looked at mistake number four is try to go at it alone um, because I do tend to work independently independently often um, that I typically will try to do things on my own before getting feedback or getting, you know, additional people involved with it just to see if I can do it first. Um, so that might be another one that I can add on there. It's good. I um, You know what? I'm going to go with number one. I'm going to own it. I don't do this all the time, <laughs> but I do find myself when I'm when I'm rationalizing, okay, when I'm trying to, you know, reflect back and think, well, how did this go wrong? I do tend to sometimes think, okay, this was maybe the 
ideology of why it went that way. And then I suppose you could look at that and say that I'm blaming something or someone. Um, but I, I do like to like reflect to think, okay, how did I get here? Or how did it get to this point? Just so I can do like an assessment or some sort of analysis to figure out, okay, so I can avoid it in the future. But I also think that based off of the excuse that they gave, I couldn't succeed because of X, Y, and Z. And I guess based on their definition, that's exactly what I'm doing. So I don't do it all the time. But yes, when I'm trying to reflect and figure out, how did I get here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you're assessing. (laughs) That's right. A lot of people don't even assess. They just blame. (laughs) I thought it was interesting that Follow the Trends was on here because I feel like one of the things that is a mistake I make is I don't always follow the trends and like keep up to like technology. I don't always embrace it Mm -hmm. in all aspects. And I feel like sometimes that might hurt you from being successful. Yeah. Dates you too. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, I think there's like a balance with that. Follow the trends, you know, and I think it's a, I don't know, it's a, how, how fast you adapt and how, you know, cause you don't want to adapt something that ends up to be a, you know, a two minute fad. Exactly. Right. Those fads can get you. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a risk taker and I'm conservative, so I'm definitely not following any trends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lively discussion. It's always interesting on these articles too, because a lot of them have comments, you know, from readers. Oh yeah. There was a lot of comments. Yeah, there were all across the board. So, all right. So let's move on. And um, Ashley, you have our next topic today with tips for the job seekers out there. Yes. So I'm sure there are many job seekers out there right now who are graduating from college and uh, going on to the interview process. And so I wanted to uh, grab your feedback in regards to things that someone could do um, during an interview that might cause you to eliminate them from, you know, the position almost immediately. And, uh, you know, see what you think. One of my personal uh, things that I tend to pay attention to is professionalism in the way that you speak and real big red flags would be swearing or using words that just, yeah, just aren't very professional. Do you have people swear? Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. We've had plenty of interviews with swearing. What? Yeah. Really? They're they're almost too comfortable. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. Like recently? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wished we could hear them, but all we would hear is beep, 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 I know. beep. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I will refrain from giving examples. <laughs> yes, I think people get very comfortable mm-hmm. and forget sometimes that they might be in an interview. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or that's, that's like just amazing. their personality. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you don't want that just coming. Especially if it's off a, in the workplace. A sales position where you have to be on the phone. <laughs> right. Yes. I know. But a lo- I'll I'll piggyback off that because the negative attitude, because to me, swearing, it's just, it's got a negative connotation. It's not professional. But when people speak negatively about either coworkers mm-hmm. or past employers, any of that's always a big red flag, too, because you just don't know what you'd be bringing into the organization. And obviously, we all know that negative attitudes do not carry well in uh, the success of a company. So yeah, that would be one of the things that would be a deal breaker right away as if there was a lot of negativity or just undertones there. 
Yeah, that's a good one. For me, uh, <laughs> my... Yeah, let me guess this one. I learned this one from Jacqueline. It's so, so hard. I'm hoping she doesn't let me down with her answer. Is it arriving late? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cannot. It is so hard for me. I mean, I literally have to, like, take three deep breaths when someone is late for an interview. I try so hard to, like, leave it at the door. But Lynn knows if they're late... I'm pretty much done, especially if it's there's no good reason for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If, and they don't even I mean, Lynn and I've had interviews where people don't even acknowledge that they're late. Oh, yeah. You got to call if you're on your way. Yes, you're going to be absolutely. late. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no. We've had people just. Yeah. Not even acknowledge that they were late. Now, obviously, I. Oh, go ahead. I, no, I was going to say, Jacqueline, you converted me on this one because I was always, oh, I'll give them the benefit. Yeah. But over time. I'm I'm definitely in your camp on this. I just one. it just it really irks me because and and you know obviously there's going to be situations where you know someone got in a car accident or got pulled over or there was a funeral procession or whatever you know but <laughs> but tell us why you were late and apologize mm-hmm. for it. Our time is just as valuable as your time is, and when you're showing up late for. A, a space that we dedicated to have for you to give you this platform, this opportunity, and you can't even acknowledge. First of all, you're late, and then you can't even acknowledge why you're late and apologize. I right. just don't have time for it. Well, and a lot of people that are doing interviews are in back to back interviews or meetings, and so now you're pushing them back even further if you show up late and they're still willing to give you the full oh, no. time. Oh no, that <laughs> they don't get the full time in my class. <laughs> No, I mean, and that's something that, you know, maybe they need to be, you know, people need to be aware of, especially if you are new to the interviewing um, piece that there are a lot of additional interviews going on and time is of the essence. And it's not like we're inflexible. We don't know that there's going to be situations that pop up. But Lynn, we've interviewed handfuls of candidates and there have been a handful that have been late and didn't even. Yeah, no acknowledgement. No apology, nothing. Yeah. And I'm, that's how I feel. It's like, at least acknowledge it and apologize. You know, maybe you got, you couldn't find parking or, and you can usually tell too when a person like comes in and they're, they're nervous because they're late. And then there's other people who kind of just mosey in and say, Hey, you know, yeah. I guess mine, and this, uh, again, Jacqueline, I've done a lot of interviewing together is like preparation or lack of preparation, I should say, when we have specifically told a person, you know, this is what you want to do to prepare for the interview. And then they just never really followed through. To me, that doesn't, that really shows a lack of interest Mm -hmm. in really being a part of the company. So especially if the uh, interviewer is giving you a heads up, hey, you know, especially, yeah, (laughs) and we ended up doing that. Because that used to be one of our knockout questions. We thought it was pretty obvious in terms of what the position was that, you know, go check out our website. And they weren't and people weren't doing it. So we're like, okay, we'll give them the benefit. And now um, the phone screener actually will tell the person do this prior to meeting with Lynn and Jacqueline. (laughs) Because you will get talked. They will talk to you about it. And you'd be surprised. 50% do and 50% don't. Hmm. Yeah. And the 50% that don't, don't move forward. It's right. that simple because we can't have a conversation with you about it. We're not we're not telling you that because, you know, for our health. I mean, we we seriously want to have a intelligent conversation with you about your thoughts, ideas, perspectives on what's out there and what would you do to improve it? And did you have a chance to assess it or whatever? Uh, we can't have that conversation with you if you don't spend time on what we're asking you to spend time on. So it's kind of a moot point at that 
stage. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully now we've shared the why behind why some of these things are not good to do in interviews. Because I think sometimes people don't always understand the why. So good luck. So we're going to keep moving forward in terms of helpful tips. And Jacqueline, you're going to talk to us about tips for maybe job seekers, employees, and employers with your topic. Yeah. So I was reading an article the other day on CNN. It said that uh, the job market is getting better. And we've heard that. I mean, we do monthly webinars with job seekers as well as employers. So we've actually heard it on both ends. And then around that same conversation, Liz, I was in a meeting with you when you had brought it up about the job markets getting tighter and we're hearing this with candidates and whatnot. And so it kind of stuck with me. And then I was on CNN and I saw this article that was saying that you know, the forecast for unemployment is actually, it's upbeat. It's its a prediction of 6.1%, which is a lot less than they were actually thinking of it was like at 6.7%. So it's getting tighter, but that means that it's more competition for job seekers. At the same time, employers, the flip side to that is maybe their employees are looking for jobs too. So I just maybe wanted to kind of open up this dialogue about what can job seekers do if you have tips for them or what can employers do if you've got tips for them or those that are employed, you know, what, I don't know, just kind of discuss it since we haven't really had this situation in a few years. (laughs) I know, isn't that something? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know from the employer perspective, I mean, for many years, there have been an abundance of candidates out there with the unemployment rate being higher and things have definitely gotten tighter. There are specific industries where things are definitely challenging, but it's also starting to get tighter across more and more industries. And so it's going to be a real challenge for employers to find good people, very highly employable people. And I think as far as my tips or advice, I think employers are really going to have to differentiate themselves. I think they're going to really have to focus on branding themselves as an employer of choice. Um, I think a lot of companies have been operating lean these last several years as well. And so, you know, are they in a position to be able to afford to lose somebody? Because now job seekers are starting to get comfortable being able to be in an existing position and look for others. So I think, you know, from an employer standpoint, thinking about, you know, we are running lean. Can we afford to lose another person? Do we need to be more proactive on hiring? Because it's going to take longer to find good Mm -hmm. people and it's going to be really competitive. And so that those are my two cents. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's uh, from the employer's perspective, it's this whole thing now where they need to focus on attracting candidates. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. Because in the past, it was like you would get an abundance of people applying to your job. And now, um, you know, that things have reversed. And so it's an interesting uh, dilemma we find us in. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with both of those, I think. You know, I work pretty closely with a lot of employers and, you know, they are seeing less and less uh, qualified candidates coming to their positions and actually candidates all over the board. And so um, really just making sure that you're the advertising that you're doing is really you're spicing it up. You're highlighting a lot of the great things that you have to offer um, because job seekers are going to be picky and they can be picky now, too. Um, You know, so I think that's something from a job seekers perspective that you when you're going into interviewing or you're applying for positions, you know, you're asking all the tough questions of the employer as well to make sure that this is the right fit for you because, um, you know, they're going to be struggling to find top quality candidates as well. So you definitely want to be able to stand out um, to them when you're, you know, applying for the position. 
Yeah, I was thinking for job seekers specifically because it's going to get a little bit tighter. It is tighter. And and for those job seekers out there who maybe have been unemployed for a few years now, and so now they're in another pool with the highly qualified ones. So it's getting even trickier for them. You know, it's just to really focus on your cover letter resume, making it tie directly into the job description that you're applying to make it that unique fit. And that's going to require more time on your end. But if you want the job, that's the work you're going to have to do to get it. Your cover letter and resume should be customized to each job that you apply to, period, end of discussion, because that's what's really going to show the employer, kind of to your point, Lynn, that you spent the time earlier to really engage and show that you're the perfect fit. You know, it's just as important as asking the right questions and preparing for the interview. Well, prior to that interview, you have to really assess, okay, what is the employer asking for? What do I have to offer? And let me show them that I can marry the two. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be interesting, you know, based on what you said, you know, some of those people that basically they had stopped looking for work because they didn't think that there were opportunities out there. So now that there should be, and I think that's a lot of your mature and older workers. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they can rebrand themselves as, you know, I still have, you know, five, five plus good years left in me. Well, you know, depending on their age. <laughs> and a lot of these mature workers, too, they've got so many skills and attributes and life experiences and work experiences to offer. I think a lot of times they're so focused sometimes on maybe the not so positive of, well, there's age discrimination or there's, uh, you know, I'm overqualified. Focus on like you have so much value, not not that I'm trying to discredit the non-mature workers, <laughs> but they have so much more to offer. It's like play on those if you can. Mm-hmm. Focus on that. But yeah, Lynn, you're, you're absolutely right. But we hear that a lot. You know, it's like, well... I'm I'm overqualified or I'm afraid of age discrimination. It's like, yeah, but you've got so much to offer these people. Well, yeah, and hopefully employers kind of take a step back, you know, because mature workers, you know, I think sometimes employers look at mature workers and think, well, I'm not, I'm going to train them and I'm not going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of mileage per se out of them. But I think a mature worker is going to tend to stay. You know, they're not going to, they may retire, but chances are they're not going to be looking for other opportunities yeah, that's and, a good point. and leave. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I just read an article that said one of the attributes of a mature worker is their loyalty and that they're, they cost less to train because they already have the skills, you know, oh. nine out of 10 mm-hmm. times. Well, yeah, I, see, I didn't even think of that. I had read an article that I think the average number of years that a job seeker coming out of college today expects to stay at a job is like three years. So, oh. yeah, our engineer so, told us that one time. I wanted to throw a pencil at her. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I mean, because I, I, with a mature worker, I'm thinking you at least get five. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's almost you know, the other Those millennials, that... <laughs> they're staying longer than three to four years. <laughs> What's after a millennial? I don't know. Is I don't there? know. I'm confused. I won't even tell you what category I'm technically in. all right hey well that was a good conversation so oh we better uh, move on so we finish on time so liz you have an interesting topic to close out the quad today yes what is it (laughs) um as we talk about the future of employment here i thought it'd be good for us to talk about 
the jobs that will be available in the future. So stumbled upon an article I thought was really neat that highlighted 10 jobs that are on the horizon. And instantly in my head, I started thinking about the Jetsons. So those of you who know the Jetsons, (laughs) great cartoon. I always wondered, you know, what is it that George Jetson is doing all day by pushing buttons? And is this one of the top 10 on the list? Turns out it's not. But there are some really neat positions in here, some that we may recognize and others that uh, we may not at all. And so just to give a high-level overview here, we have a social media manager is on the list, which I think they're definitely uh, prominent today. Yeah. Data analysts as well. But then there's some new ones in here, a carbon accountant, um, (laughs) an alternate currency or alternative currency speculator and space pilots and tour guides. So I thought I'd open it up, see if you guys thought any of these were quite interesting, if you think they'll stick and be here in the future, or if you think they are bogus and will not be here in the future, or if you have any other ones that you think could be. I just like the name of Avatar Telework Manager. (laughs) Like, I just like the name Avatar. What's your title? Avatar telework manager. <laughs> I make $80,000 a year. I just picture someone with a blue face. Yeah. The movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I manage the new global workforce unshackled from offices in urban areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really yeah, don't know. Okay. I really don't know what they do, but <laughs> it sounds fascinating. You know, I had to say, uh, yeah, with this, uh, what Liz, you had shared with us, it had suggested pay package. And I thought 150000 for a space pilot or a tour guide. I'm like, if you're sending me to space, I hope I'm making a little more. Touche, Lynn. Touche. Because I'm thinking that the risk, that's a pretty highly risky job. Yes. And, and you have to have willingness to travel <laughs> beyond Travel beyond. Yeah. <laughs> then, then that brings in the whole, like, divorce. Didn't we have a, we had a quad about you travel more yeah. than an hour, you're likely to get a divorce. Now we're talking about right. a, a bunch of other stuff, too. <laughs> to Maybe go- that's a perk, though. Yeah, to go off the... Uh, this? No, the travel oh. is a perk. <laughs> not the relationships. I'm not going there. Oh, okay. But maybe, I don't know. Uh, to go off the pay package, I thought that the pay package for the sustainability officer was quite extensive at $200,000 to make sure that you separate the recycling bins for plastic. <laughs> um, I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was um, the the jobs that they listed. It was definitely heavy in math, science, and technology. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, it's where it's yeah. headed. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, what would it be? Grade school students <laughs> be start yeah. preparing now. Exactly. They well, get started. There's our tips. Yeah, I also thought it said sixty percent of the best jobs in the next ten years have not even been invented yet. That's crazy. That is crazy. You know, it would be interesting. So I just thought of this. What would be a job that is around today that wouldn't have been around 10 years ago? I think social media manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I know. I can't think. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones. An Uber driver? (laughs) Uber. Yeah. (laughs) We did Uber Uber X the other day, which is How was it? uh, Awkward. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. 
the because Uber X is where you can basically get someone, just any random person who wants to give you a ride. Oh, oh that's what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wasn't I'm not familiar doing with that. this term. So Uber is like a cab, and then they have Uber Black Car Service where you get like an Escalade or a Lincoln Town Car. And then now they have Uber X, so essentially anyone could be a taxi driver. And this person obviously signs up and goes through, you know, whatever. So it's not like just any random person, but they're not technically a taxi driver. It was weird because he smoked. And I don't think cabs cabbies normally smoke in their cars. And I was no. like, yeah, this is not cool. I would never do this again. Yes, very. Yeah, but that could that's be a, a future job. topic. There you that go. The whole impact of the Uber. I actually saw a TV commercial this week for a cab company. And so I'm in D.C. right now. Ah. I cannot tell you I have ever seen a commercial. They're feeling the on heat. TV. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's I service. Mm-hmm. I saw a commercial on um, frozen food. When have you seen a commercial? Oh, on- yes, on how healthy it is for you yes. and how and it's did you packaged. See it was like lasagna and like macaroni and cheese. Yes. And it made me think the same thing. Everything's going to like health healthy. this and health that. Now the the to your kind of a parallelism to what you just brought up, and now there's this big focus on, oh, no, the the frozen food <laughs> industry is having right. trouble. They're feeling the pinch like the taxi drivers. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, man, we have a lot to talk about, but guess what? <laughs> We're we're out of time. Yeah, our engineer is probably snarling at me. It sounds here. like the cops are coming too. <laughs> yeah, I better make a run. I have to make a run for it. We better end. <laughs> so uh, thanks to our many listeners across the country. You can connect with any of us in the LGN Radio Quad by sending a message to LGN Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Tell us what you would like us to talk about on the quad. And remember to follow us on Twitter at the LJN and use hashtag LGN Radio. Our favorite tweet will win a Starbucks gift card, and who doesn't want a complimentary latte or frappuccino? We hope you received some helpful tips and advice today. Take care to make your job interview as successful as possible. For Jacqueline Peterson, Liz Dotson, and Ashley Fitzgerald, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening.